Today on the show, I'm so pleased to have Donnie Carr, who is the president of Christian Brothers Automotive. Donnie is a native Houstonian, and he joined Christian Brothers as a service rider. This experience gave him the necessary firsthand experience of serving customers with compassion and excellence. And with that training, he joined the small but mighty Christian Brothers Automotive Home Office team. Since 2018, Donnie has served Christian Brothers Automotive as president, leading the company to three consecutive $2 million months for the first time in company history in 2019. Donnie lives in Katy, Texas with his wife, Beth, and their two children. Welcome to the show, Donnie. everyone today i'm so excited to speak with donnie carr who is the president of christian brothers automotive donnie thank you for coming to the show today um i really want to talk to you a little bit about your role and how it's evolved over the years at christian brothers you started out as a service writer and now you're the president of christian brothers automotive what was your favorite role during this time well, Lavana, thank you so much for having me here uh, today. I'm excited to spend some time with you and talk. So that's a great question. It's, I think for me, it's more so which one wasn't my favorite, but which one would I want to do again? Oh, and I, awesome. I, I wish I could go back and do, so I had the opportunity to be a general manager of one of our locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was probably 10 years ago. And I would love to go back and do it again with the knowledge I have today, because I feel like I left a lot of opportunity on the table. And so it would be really neat to go back and try and lead that team, serve those guests, and build that influence in the community just with some of the things that I've gotten to learn over uh-huh. the time with CBA. So tell me a little bit about that. That's interesting you say that because we've all gone and said, if I could tell my younger self something, what would it be? So tell me, what would that be? What would you do differently or more of or less of? Yeah, I think just in general, it was my first opportunity to get to lead people. And mm-hmm. so I feel like, and still a lot to learn personally, but I think that there's just so much more that I could have done as far as just clear expectations, just right. helping teach and train my team members of what it is we're trying to accomplish. And I think most importantly, probably setting a a much better or clearer vision of where we're trying to go as just when we serve our guests and and really reinforcing the why behind what we do. There's all those process-based things. There's all those, hey, we're going to serve the guests this way, but why is it important? What's the value to do it that way versus uh, a different way? Yeah, I I think that's interesting you say that because that's something I think we all are trying to do better is we get very process oriented on how things should work, but we're not always as good as saying why we're doing it and what's the purpose behind that. And that's part of what, you know, I think makes a great culture is really having, I use the word buy-in for lack of better, but really telling our people why we're doing something and having them come along with us instead of us, you know, beside us. And I think that's an important part of anyone's culture is just having people walk alongside you instead of you pulling them with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I think also when someone understands the why, I think it gives them the opportunity to look for how we can do it even better. Right. Because if, if we're trying to accomplish this, is this is what we're, we're setting out to do, and they understand that, and they realize this process isn't getting us there quite as well as this could have. Right. Us improve as an organization. Yeah, I always find it's funny that uh, sometimes the people that are making the decisions aren't the ones in the trenches doing it. If we just ask people, how can we do this better? We'll get better ideas. And uh, we're probably not as good at that as we should be, but that's something we constantly work at every day as well. And when you said that, I was talking about looking at how your national day of service 
I want to talk a little bit about that because it was really interesting to me how it started out in Austin. Would you tell me a little bit about the National Day of Service started out? Yeah, so it, we had a handful of franchisees in Austin that just decided, hey, we want to start a program to give back to single moms. We know mm-hmm. there's a need. We know that just getting to work, getting your car service can be something that is scary or difficult at times. And so is there something we can do to just help them just check off a small task off their list at no cost and, and support them in doing that? So Christian Brothers Automotive is not open on the weekends. We are only open Monday through Friday. And so they decided, hey, we're going we're gonna to take a day. We're going to take a Saturday that we're not typically open. We're going to open up, uh, we're going to partner with some churches in the community, and we're going to find some single moms who need some oil changes, and we're going to give them to them for free. That's awesome. I'm really interested in hearing, what was the feedback on not being opened on the weekend? Because, let's be honest, a lot of people want to do Saturdays and maybe even Sundays. So, tell me why Christian Brothers decided that Monday through Friday was what their hours were going to be, and why you're not open on the weekends. What played a part of that decision? Yeah. So, Christian Brothers wants to be a family-based business. We care very much about our people. And so we know that Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., I mean, that's 55 hours. That's just open to close. And we know the day doesn't always start and stop open to close. And that's a long time. And we know the value of rest, you know, the value of spending time with family, of getting out and doing something else. And we, we want to give our team members the opportunity to kind of rejuvenate over the weekend and come back fresh and excited to come to work to, you know, on that Monday and serve our guests well. We just really felt like, hey, if we're going to say we're a family-based company, and then we're going to be on open on the weekends and not give our team members the opportunity to spend time with their family. It's contradictory. Right. So I think that's really interesting to say that because I do think that what I found with Christian Brothers reading about and just actually being a guest at one of your shops is that when you walk in, you do feel differently. I do believe that it's a part of how you treat your employees and how they treat their guests. So tell me about the training and the things that you put in place to help your employees feel like they're empowered to give that service to their guests. Yeah, so we we have a lot of really neat training programs, both for our franchisees and for our team members. Uh, For our front counter staff, we have something that's called our our Genesis. It's our service development program where uh, they come or or they used to come in office. It's now virtual. Yes. Uh, they, (laughs) They spend an entire week learning what does it look like to serve the guests and serve them well. And then there's okay. the follow-up after that. Uh, we also wow. have similar for our technicians uh, where they can come in and it's our technician ambassador program. They learn the diagnostic equipment, some of that leading edge uh, technology, how to repair, diagnose vehicles well. And then our goal for them is to go back and share that information with their team members. Um, and then one of my favorite things that we do is called mastering the difference. So Christian Mills Automotive, we want to be a nice difference. And so we want to help our team members master that difference. And so once a year, we bring a lot of our technicians and service managers together and we get to talk about how we do that well. And one of the other things that we attempt to do and we work hard to do is not just talk about how to be a good service manager, a good technician, but we really want to pour back into our people where they're great spouses, they're great parents, they're great community members. And we want to give them the skills to grow and develop as people. We very much want to be an organization that no matter how long you spend with us, whether it's three days, three weeks, three years, or three decades, that you leave better off than you came, that you say, I am glad I spent time a part of that organization because I have grown as a person. And that and that's truly what our goal is. Do we hit it every time? No, but but we're working towards it. I'd love that. I think that's awesome. And I think that's a, do you have a lot of turnover? At the home office, we do not have a ton of turnover. I will tell you, we are a grace-based organization, but we do still have very high expectations for our team members. 
Right. Uh, we are above industry average as far as turnover, or I guess below industry average as far as turnover. And that's something that we, we really focus on because we know that typically a person does not leave a business because of comp or something else. They leave because of their manager. Right. Uh, that's the biggest reason. And so we want to mitigate that. That's so interesting you said, because we, we look at the same things at the bank, trying to figure out how do we keep standards where we need to keep them because we don't want to compromise our standards and what we want for our clients as well. But also people don't like turnover in banking industry, especially like to see the same faces. But how do you keep your same standard of client interaction and, and keep the turnover down? And I'm, I very much believe that people do not leave for comp unless it's ridiculous, right? But most people leave because of other issues. It's either they weren't thanked, they didn't feel appreciated, or their manager didn't have a good interaction with their teammates. And so some of it has to be both, right? You both have to give to that. How do you observe and know how your leaders are leading? How do you know if they're leading well? We're going to get feedback from our team members. We want a very open and honest culture at our organization. We need to understand that Hey, open door policy is great to say, but putting it in action is much more difficult than that. So yep. there are a couple of things that we do. So every year we take an employee engagement survey, which is an anonymous survey where they can give feedback on what they do and they do not like about CBA. I think one of the things that I found, LaVonda, that makes those things most effective is when your team members can see that you're implementing change based on the opinions they gave you. And so we try to be very intentional to say, hey, these are the things that you shared with us. This is what we're now going to do differently because of the things that you shared with us. And so we're going to do that every year. One of the things that I'm, I'm excited about that we recently started is anyone who is leading a team member is now a part of a peer group. Okay. Uh, and so once a month we get together, uh, we have a couple of leadership team members that kind of help lead or facilitate those groups. We get right. together and we just talk, there's a, a different kind of focus each time about how we become better as leaders. And so I just got to meet with, meet with my peer group a couple of weeks ago. And we talked about difficult conversations, critical conversations. How do you have those well? And so right. just constantly being engaged with that team, I think helps. Yeah, I think so too. I think one of the things that uh, we always are working on, and like I said, I wish all of us were perfect at it. We've tried to do the best we can, like everyone else is really modeling the behavior we want from our teammates as well. If I'm not willing to listen and hear feedback, I try to tell my team, listen, if you make a mistake, just apologize and be sincere about it because we all make mistakes right you don't just because you're the leader doesn't mean you're not going to make a mistake and really being engaged with your team i think it's easy to say and what i'm most impressed about with your company is it's obvious that you're doing it because the feel when you walk into one of y'all's locations that I've seen personally and what I've heard, it's just a different feel. And so one of the things I've heard about your history is that you asked your guests, your people who are coming in, what don't you like about the automotive industry? I was really interested and there's like, I think I read 25 things they said they didn't like about the automotive industry. And those are the things that you're trying not to do. Is that correct? Yeah. So there's a really neat story. When my dad started Christmas a long time ago, where a guest kind of let him have it about, you know, because he, <laughs> he initially opened one of those traditional, at least from a cleanliness and, and all those, just a traditional automotive repair shop. And she right. kind of said it's dirty, it smells bad, this and that. And his first reaction was he was frustrated. But then when he really got in the guest shoes, he realized, hey, there's a lot of things that we can do better here to serve those guests. And we really want to revolutionize, change that experience and that perception that people have of what it's like to get automotive 
repair done. Well, it sounds like to me, though, he listened. Just like you were talking about, you have to listen as a great leader. He listened to his guests and said, I'm going to do this differently. And he implemented things people talked about. And I think that's a, what a great leader does, quite frankly. And not just a great leader of employees and teammates, but a great leader of families and purpose in, in the community. And the community, is, we left the name community in our name when people said, you should take community out. It's like, no, that's really who we are. We're a part of the community. We live here, we work here, we invest here. So we wanted to make sure our name stayed in the name that we had because we didn't want it to be just, you know, come big conglomerate. We're a part of where we live. So it looks like Christian Brothers is doing the same thing. And so I feel like I'm in good company. <laughs> We're trying, we are trying. CareerGear Houston has served over 40,000 career seekers in the greater Houston community since 2004. By offering free holistic services such as interview coaching, resume development, and professional attire, we are empowering men, male youth, military veterans, and ex-offenders to economic independence through gainful employment. To volunteer or make a donation, visit our website at careergearhouston.org. Career Gear Houston, it's more than just a suit, it's a game changer. Founding mission of Christian Brothers was love thy neighbors yourself. How is that principle applied to the company's everyday operation? Tell me about that. You know, that's a great question. We really want to emulate that in all things that we do. And we know that clear expectations are extremely valuable when it comes to that. And so we have our four core values, which is neighborly, transparency, joy, and excellence. And then mm -hmm. underneath there, we have 16 culture commitments where this, this is how we're going to go about carrying out how we love our neighbor as yourself. And, you know, you've kind of mentioned a couple of them as we've been a part of this podcast to a certain extent, one of which is to be what you expect of others. Mm -hmm. Hey, if this is the standard I'm going to set, then that's who I need to be. Another one is inclusive communication, making sure that whoever is involved in carrying out a task, that they're involved in the decision process. When we talked about, hey, we don't want to be a top-down organization. We want to make sure that those at the bottom are giving that feedback. And so we work diligently to set those clear expectations to our team members uh -huh. and to remind them of on, on a regular basis. We talk about at least one of them every Monday morning when we get together and do prayer time as an organization, we just really want to make sure they're top of mind. I, th I think the other thing, when you talk about culture and carrying out a mission, to me, when, when a culture has arrived is when I'm no longer having to guard it. When team members at every level are giving that feedback or are pushing back on other team members when they're not following one of our culture commitments or our core. Right. That's when culture has permeated the organization. But you have to guard it carefully because if you have a team member that begins not doing that, you got to make sure you make a change. Culture over performance, I, I think for the long term is where you'll be successful. We always laugh about that. My, uh, the CEO, Malcolm Holland, and I talk about that quite a bit, that uh, culture beats strategy every day, right? Uh, you can have a great strategy, but if you don't have the right culture, it doesn't matter. And we talk about guarding 
it's, I'm laughing about it a little bit because we talk about guarding our culture so much as, as you expand and you get more people involved, you have to guard that and have, we call it, you know, maybe it's an ambassador or whatever, that, that they're the people helping you guard that culture because you can't be everywhere and how you do that. So I think we have some similarities there. And believe me, it's nothing I've, I feel like we can do overnight, but the more people we have guarding that culture, I think we'll all be very successful. So I'm, I'm very interested. I feel very good that you said that because I think I'm on the right track then. <laughs> so that's great. That's great. Tell me, are there any new aspirations for Christian Brothers Automotive? What do you want for your company as the years go forward? Greatness. Yeah, we have lots of aspirations. I think, LaVonda, the opportunity to elevate automotive repair from a technological standpoint, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. So I'm sure you guys have experienced what retail looks like today, where there's so much of it you can do from your phone, pre-order, right. pick up all those things. And so a couple of things that we've done is we've introduced digital vehicle inspections into our locations where when you go in, the goal is that when you receive that estimate, not only receiving the estimate, but you're seeing pictures of what is going on with your vehicle. And so you don't just have to believe that your brakes need to be replaced. You can see the picture of how thick or thin your pads are. And so that, and that, that goes back to that transparency core value that we have is we don't want we want to be less in the sales business and more in the education business. We right. want to be fully educated on what's going on with your car and you to make the decision on what repairs you would like to make. And so those are some of the things that we're doing and working on to really improve that process and really just to make that guest experience as easy as possible, as, right. many, as few as hurdles as possible. Yeah, exactly. I feel like with automotive, it's like anything else. And I'll just if your car doesn't work or there's something wrong with your car, it's just not a good day sometimes, right? So this makes it easier for them. And, and I have to say that that's how we feel about our company too. It needs to be easy to bank here. It needs to be easy to talk with us. So I think most retail people that work that with clients, if they had that mindset most of the time, we'd all be a little bit better off. The client really most of the time is when they come in, I found that with my people, like, oh, they're so mad. They're not mad at me. They're mad because their car broke down <laughs> or because, you know, they got a ticket before they came over, right? So making it easier for them, I think it's going to be really important as we go forward. Yeah. And it, it's empathy is a big part of what we try and teach as well is because a lot of times when we see people, as you mentioned, they aren't excited to see us. Uh, like, Yay, my car's broke. It's Yay. tough to work. And so taking that opportunity to be a light on a difficult day is is something we really want to try to do. Yeah. Well, Donnie, I have to tell you, I'm I'm a little bit more inspired since talking to you today. I feel better about my car service, quite frankly, but I also feel better that there's people like you and your company out there giving back to their community. And also I love the way you talked about, you know, just people who work with you and four Christian brothers are living their day every day to be better people, not just better employees, but better people. And that's part of our culture as well, that just to be better and what we do with that. So thank you for all that you do to invest in your clients and in the community. I've really enjoyed talking with you today. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. 